Uh, here it is. Good afternoon, everybody. Everybody's got a prize. That's right. And today we're going to talk about why. Everybody's going to pay. Yes. Um, this is the final installment of the <laughs> the uh, economics podcast. Um, pretty exciting stuff, I think. Anyway, uh, kind of, sort of, you know, whatever. Um, but. So today, I'm just going to give you guys your last assignment. There are two parts to it. Uh, you follow along um, in, the, uh, in, in the notes, in the slides. Uh, it'll be really, really, really easy to understand. So uh, first, let me just say, um, you know, for all, all four of you, I had you guys for two years. Um, you know, Alan, Alan, man, you're, you're freaking awesome, really. You know, you're, you are one of the, I, I will say this about you. Let me try and gather my thoughts here. I always looked forward to getting to class because I had you either... Last year it was second period, but I had off first period. And this year it was first period. So you were like the first person who I would always see. And you'd always have like, you know, either like your crooked smile or like, you know, some kind of witty, you know, snarky thing to say. And I mean, I just love it. It's funny, 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 funny stuff. So, um... Alan, uh, you know, you you were honestly a pleasure to have had in class. Just, man, make sure you do these last couple of assignments and and, uh, and we'll get you the heck on out of here, all graduated and stuff, because you are so close. Um, Adamar, you know, I think I said this last time, you really, from, <laughs> from when I uh, covered that class, the, um, I guess it was an English class, right? Uh, and I think it was for, yeah, I think it was for Miss Hargis, Miss Camarco, whatever. And when I had the girl come and charge me across the room, I was covering uh, Miss Camarco's class a few times back then, and uh, you were in like tenth grade, and you know you're just like this like uh, little punk kid with you know always had your do rag on, would never take it off, you know pissed off and stuff like that. And uh, now you know you're you're in, involved in forex and making music and stuff like that, so it's really good to see uh, Ashton. You know last year I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, you were a pain in the neck, man. You're always falling asleep. And then, like, give me an attitude, uh, like it was my fault or something like that, when I'd be like, oh, hey, wiki wiki. <laughs> um, but, you know, now you're, you're, you're like, becoming, a, like, a full-grown, full-grown man, you know, out there working and stuff. So, so really glad to see you've been turning all your work. And then, uh, you know, of course, Laura. Laura, you've been through a lot. Um, and uh, I'm just really glad to, to see that you're finally getting to the end of the road and uh, hope, hope things will will continue to move on in a positive way for you. Okay, let me get into this. Uh, here we're talking about combining supply and demand, supply and demand. So, you know, whenever you go to a store, uh, things cost money. Duh. But what determines how much things cost? Um, the simple way of explaining it is we determine the way that things, are co- uh, things cost, what things cost, uh, based on what people are willing to pay for it. Okay, so how and and that's how you get your prices. So how do we come up with prices? Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around your room, your house, uh, you know, your apartment, wherever it is that you're living. And I want you to come up with five things at your house that you would like to sell. Um, I don't care, you know, you're going to sell it on Craigslist, eBay, let go, whatever. Uh, Maybe you're going to sell it to a friend, but whatever it is, any five things just, you know, can't be a, a, a pet can't be a person, okay? So any five things that you wanna sell, and then I want you to give a price for it, okay? I want you to give a price and then explain, uh, no, you don't have to explain the price. Just, 
I want you to list five things that you want to sell and then what the price is for each of those things. So like if I was going to sell my PlayStation 4, uh, I'd put my PlayStation 4 up for sale. I don't know. I probably would put it for like, what, $99. Um, you know, why would I do $99? I guess because it's used. I've had it for a few years. Uh, and there's a new PlayStation that's coming out in less than a year, right? So that by the time that happens, then the one that I have now would be kind of obsolete. So if somebody has nothing, maybe they'd be willing to pay a little bit under $100 for it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's basically what I would do. Also, what, are, what am I willing to take for it? Like, am I not using it? If I don't use it at all, if it's just collecting dust on my shelf, maybe I'll sell it for 30 bucks. But if it's something that I use quite often, then I'm gonna want more money for it. These are the things that go into prices, and that's what I want you to think about when you look around and you come up with things that you would be selling. Okay, so uh, here we go. We're talking about combining supply and demand. Okay, so the interaction of supply and demand results in the establishment of prices in a market economy. Market economy, that is the economy with which we exist. Okay, things have prices, people pay the prices, or you don't get the things. The attempt uh, of these two forces to interact with each other results in what we call equilibrium. So supply and demand, supply is high, right? If you have a lot of something and demand is high, then what's going to happen? You, you know, the, the price is going to equal out. If the supply is low and demand is high, what's going to happen? The price is going to be high, okay? So the price is always going to work out somewhere there. Now, how do you get a supply of something? You get a supply based on people's needs, right? Um, if the, when the new iPhone 11 came out, you only had, uh, let's say 1 million, they thought 5 million people were gonna buy them and only 1 million people buy them. What's gonna happen? Well, the price for that's gonna go down. Now, what's going to happen when they, so let's say that they made 5 million, right? That was their supply. So now they have a surplus. Let's say that now they're gonna make an iPhone 12. So iPhone 12 comes out and they say, all right, well, we're not gonna make 5 million again because last time we did that, we ended up with a surplus and we lost money because it costs money, obviously, to make things. So then what they might decide to do, right, is maybe do something in the middle. Maybe they say the million was off year, uh, but 5 million may have been too high, so maybe they meet in the middle somewhere around 2.5 million, right? That's, again, how you find your equilibrium and how you find your where the supply meets the demand. Okay, the point at which supply and demand meet on a graph is called equilibrium, okay? Just kind of said that. The forces of supply and demand attempt to achieve their desired goals individually, resulting in a compromise. Okay, so think about it. Again, supply. If I have a lot of something, if the demand is low, I'm going to drop my price. That's a compromise because I want to sell it. I want to make some money. If the demand is high and the supply is low, what am I going to do to the price? I'm going to raise it, right? Because if I only have so much to sell, I want to maximize my profits. Um, and so it is basically a compromise. Uh, that compromise is seen in the price that is established. Okay, disequilibrium. Okay, so you have this little you know, chart here, right? Uh, this is the point on a, on a supply and demand graph that is outside the equilibrium point. So it's either too high, that line right there marking too high, or too low, okay? This may be a point above or below the equilibrium point. Equilibrium, again, you learn about that in science. It's you know, maintaining everything, making sure... Things are healthy. Things are good. Surplus. This is the point above the equilibrium point. So surplus is when you have too much. This results in too much supply, not enough demand for the product. So, you know, you talk about phones, phones, technology, things like that. You could always lower your price. 
not that big of a deal. However, what if you're talking about something that goes bad, something that spoils, like food, okay? If you happen to be somebody who's selling apples, what's going to happen to your apples if you don't sell them? They, they go bad. Um, in day school, on Valentine's Day, we have a carnation sale. And really simply, uh, they order like 2,000 carnations. Uh, they usually have about 1,500 orders you know, in the week leading up to it. And then you have little cards and you hand out the carnations and the cards and blah, blah, blah. But they always have like 500 extra. That's their goal, 500 to sell on the day of. Because a lot of people are going to wait till the last minute. And they're going to be like, uh, can I still get a carnation? <laughs> so we want to always make sure that we have that available for, you know, the stragglers, the latecomers. Um, it's just the way of Longwood, you know. Lateness at Longwood. Um, but anyway... So here's what happens though, right? In the beginning of the day, you, can, you, you might want to sell those carnations for a dollar each. That's what they went for for the whole week before. You might want to sell them for $2 to say, hey, look, you know, um, the demand is really high. We only have a certain amount of supply. Once this is gone, that's it. So get them now. So you can start at the day at $2, right? Almost doubling. Then you drop it to one. And then what happens by the time you get to seventh, eighth, ninth period? You start doing sales, right? Because what's going to happen to those carnations? It's Valentine's Day. It's a one-shot deal. Ninth period, once that's over, school's over. So what do you do? You start doing, hey, you know, buy one, get one free. Um, you know, uh, or two for a dollar, or you can get five for two dollars. You start making up all these deals so that you're not going to be stuck with a surplus. Shortage. Shortage is another problem. Now, this is more of a problem for the people, not quite so much a problem for the businesses. Okay, it's a problem for the people because if they want something and there's just not enough of it there, uh, that's when, you know, people are not going to have the things that they want. Now, when it's a want, it's one thing. We saw this a couple months ago, right, with toilet paper. <laughs> when uh, people were running out of toilet paper, things got a little bit ugly. Uh, maybe in more ways than one, right? Ew, gross. So anyway, so people running out of toilet paper, there was a shortage. The businesses, they weren't affected by it. For them, they sold all of their product. The shortage is usually something that is going to negatively impact or negatively affect um, the people, okay? The people who desire to have a certain product. Okay, that's where the government gets involved. So government intervention. Neither a surplus or a shortage is desirable. The government will institute a price ceiling or a price floor to avoid these situations from, incur uh, from occurring. Right. That's why, you know, there was a guy, right, who had a garage full of hand sanitizer. He got in trouble because what, what was he doing? He was hoarding products and then price gouging, okay? Uh, doing anything like that, it's illegal. And it's illegal, again, because it would hurt businesses and, well, I'm sorry, it would hurt the people, okay? Now, you know, what if I don't, what, you know, hand sanitizer costs, you know, what, $2 for a little bottle, now all of a sudden somebody's gonna charge me 20? That's crazy, and what if I can't afford it? So then I don't get to wash my hands and I die? So that's when the government is going to get involved. Price floor. To avoid the prices from falling too low and hurting the producer, right, the person who makes the product, a minimum price will be set to prevent it from falling too far. The purpose of the price floor is to uh, ensure the producer will stay in business and receive a reasonable profit. Okay, that's the whole reason here. That's the whole purpose. Okay, uh, this is done in instances where the product is considered a necessity. Okay, something like milk. Okay, for us, again, recently, hand sanitizer, uh, even toilet paper, 
right? These things were considered necessities, and so you had the government getting involved and creating these price floors. Price ceiling, to prevent prices from rising too high, a price ceiling might be imposed. This is, again, what would be against price gouging. The purpose of the price ceiling is to ensure the availability of the good or that service, okay? Um, rent control, I, you know, that's what we usually use. Well, I, like, I, like I've told you, I, this is my first year actually teaching economics. I've done it before in credit recovery, uh, the old way we used to do credit recovery, uh, which was like kind of like tutoring. Um, but all economics teachers, this is kind of what they would use for that. Okay, so that's it. Now, here's assignment number two. So I saw this happen in class uh, where it wasn't with... Um, it wasn't with Ashton, but Alan had a phone and he was trying to sell it. So here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, we're, look, and th this is what's kind of cool about economics is everything can be applied to everyday life in economics because we're always using money. It's just the way that it is. Okay, Alan has a used phone, uh, used iPhone 11 that is for sale. The iPhone sells new for $900. Alan is selling the phone for $450. So that's his price. He says, hey, you want to buy this phone? It's $450. Ashton needs a new phone and he has $300. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna try and make a sale happen between Alan and Ashton. So Alora, Adamar, your job, based on everything that we just went over, I want you to work out a negotiated price and explain how you came up with it. Okay, so you're just gonna go with what your price is and then how you came up with it, explain it. Ashton, I want you to explain why you think that $450 I'm sorry, why you think $300 is a fair price, okay? So you have to explain why it's a fair price. And then, Alan, all you have to do is the same thing, $450. You have to explain why that's a fair price and why you're not going to budge from it. So listen, guys, that's about it. Uh, we're about, at about the 15-minute mark here. So this isn't a terribly long one. I know it's got to be tough listening to me just go on and on and on. Um, but thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope you guys are doing really, really well. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be very excited when I uh, get the email that you're all going to be graduating. So, yeah, this is uh, Mr. Brun saying goodbye.